Hello, everyone. I'm glad to be back, and I trust the Lord will be well pleased uh, with our love for each other and how we love him and his word uh, and try by the grace of God to apply it uh, that we might live lives that are honoring to him. Uh, let me mention a couple of things. There's a table of books uh, in the uh, fellowship hall, Oneg room uh, in the corner there. Uh, uh, if you're interested, uh, please take a look at them. I think you'll find them, uh, well, all of them have certain relevance to the life we're living now, uh, simply because they were written for the very subjects that we are about. Uh, and so I think you'll find them all helpful. Uh, this weekend, I'll be dealing with issues uh, that have to do with Talmudut uh, and with the Lord being uh, honored in our lives that uh, follow him, that follow him. Uh, Yeshua taught us uh, in John 13, 17, if you know these things, blessed are you who do them. And so, uh, as it says in Vyakra 18.5, in Leviticus 18.5, uh, the Torah was given to be lived, uh, not just learned. Uh, and so that's what brings honor to the Lord. And so we want to keep that in mind as we all press on together as a community. Uh, I'm so glad to be here. I had a great time this morning so far. I'm sorry to have to ruin things for everyone, but we have to press on, don't we? Uh, let me mention a couple of things. Uh, besides all the books on the table there, dealing with uh, discipleship in one form or another, witnessing, sharing our faith. Uh, there's also books uh, used in various places. Uh, for those who get my schmooze letter, our newsletter, uh, thank you for your prayers. Some of you mentioned this much, appreciate that. Uh, if you wish to get our newsletter, uh, just fill out this envelope, if you will, and uh, there'll be some place to put it, I suppose. Uh, and just put it there, we'll be glad to send you our newsletter. Uh, if you wish, put your email down there as well, so we can send you it by email, uh, eshmooze as such. Uh, other things on there uh, to fill out. We have teams of people who pray uh, for you. Uh, we want you to be praying for us as we're in this together. Uh, and let me just mention something. Uh, uh, we are a ministry that trusts in the Lord for all of our needs. Uh, but please do not give anything to our work that will take away from your proper giving to your home congregation. If you're a visitor with us, uh, please be mindful of that as well. Uh, we, the work that we do, we're the Messiah, and bringing the good news to uh, all with ears to hear, to the Jew first, but not to the Jew only. God loves us all. He loves us all the same. Uh, not that he doesn't have taste, uh, but he's like that. He has one speed, and he loves us all the same. And so please remember us in prayer, but our work is to not only see people come to know the Lord, not only be grounded and rooted in the faith, but we want to see congregations established in Jewish communities all over the world. So uh, please do not, we believe in the ministry of the local congregation, I believe in the ministry of this congregation. Do not give us anything that will hurt this work here. Uh, and only as the Lord has blessed you above that and leads you accordingly in that regard, we'll be thankful for your prayerful consideration of our work. Uh, but in any case, fill it out, put it wherever it goes, and we'll be glad to send you our newsletter and have your prayers, and we'll all be happy about those, those matters. Uh, and so uh, the materials, uh, my book, Messianic Discipleship, is used uh, all over, translated in various languages. Uh, if you're interested in the best deal on the table, 
there is a, a disk, PDF files, about a dozen books on there. It's certainly a worthwhile consideration if you like uh, reading and all that. So, uh, but in any case, uh, please remember us in prayer. Thank you for your prayers. You know, I've gone over to Israel quite a number of times of late, uh, and what a joy to see our people over there coming to faith. Uh, what a joy it is to see Israelis responding to the good news. Uh, and we see congregations getting planted. We're so thrilled with the, with the many blessings that we've been privileged to be involved in and participate in. Uh, my book, uh, Establishing Healthy Messianic Congregations, uh, I was teaching a course, intensive course, uh, at Israel College of the Bible, a week-long intensive course. It was intensive for me. I don't know about the students. It about killed me, to tell you the truth. Uh, but my book was used as the text over there uh, to see more congregations planted, more synagogues established among our people where Yeshua is exalted and made known. Uh, that is a key issue. I would only wish that my people were walking around saying, tell me about that Isaiah 53. I've got to figure it out. Unfortunately, not many of them are asking about that, as I'd like, but they are concerned about community. Will there be a Jewish people? And so the Messianic congregation, the Messianic synagogue, is established in order to testify, I'm Yisrael Chai, of B'Shem Yeshua. The people of Israel live in the name of Yeshua, our Messiah. And so it's a valid testimony, a vital testimony. Essentially, we want to see more congregations established, uh, so please remember us in prayer to that end, even as we desire to pray for you uh, and serve alongside of you. Uh, so we'll be moving along. This will be foundational for what we're looking at for the rest of the weekend as we consider a familiar portion of Scripture, I'm sure, to some. Uh, but we want to take a look at the text. I'd like you to read it along with me, if you will, uh, the various colors, just to keep you focused. Can you, see, can you see that okay? It's kind of small font, isn't it? Consider it an eye exam, and there's no charge. Okay? Now you're happy, right? Uh, stand with me in the reading of it. Let's read it together. From Matthew 28, 16 and 20, following the reading, I'll ask God's blessing on his word. Let's read together. But the eleven Talmudim proceeded to Galilee, to the mountain which Yeshua had designated. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some were doubtful. And Yeshua came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make Talmudim of all the nations, immersing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you, and behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Avinu Malkeinu, our Father and King, how thankful we are uh, not only to be in your presence, uh, to exalt your name, but also to understand from you the game plan, uh, the life we're to be living, to honor your name and further the good news, uh, and build up your people. And so we ask even now for Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, the very one who inspired the, the writing of the text, that he might now illuminate our minds and hearts to the truth of the word, and as we are yielded to the one who is the living word of God, our Messiah, uh, we pray that, the, that Ruach, that the Spirit of God would indeed uh, not only uh, enlighten our minds, but empower our lives to live it out. Uh, we ask this uh, for the sake of 
of your name, uh, for we pray, B'Shem Yeshua HaMashiach HaDenenu, in the name of Jesus, the Messiah, our Lord, amen, amen. Please be seated, if you will. I'm assuming, how many people here are visitors? I'm a visitor. Any other visitors? Okay, so uh, we're family. I can, you can let your hair down, and I'll speak straightforwardly. Uh, as we consider the very issues that we have here, uh, we want to understand for ourselves uh, what Yeshua is talking about. I would have written, if I was hired to write the Bible, I would have made us look better. That's just how I am. Uh, so as we consider the very issues that he brings up, we see that some were doubtful. Why he had to put that in there, I don't know. I would have made us look better. Can you imagine? Some were doubtful. Uh, so when we consider the matter of how can they even say, here is the, the risen Messiah. Here he is, the very one who is the hope of Israel, uh, the validation of who he is. Uh, how in the world could some be doubtful? Worship, I understand. Doubtful is a stretch. Well, that's absolutely the truth about who we are. And so some of us here may be doubtful, and who knows about what? There's always issues in our life. Some of us may be saying prayers that we may not fully understand or agree with, uh, but that is what we do. Some of us may be quoting verses that we can quote more easily than we can apply and live. Some of us may be doubtful about who knows what. I can understand why they were doubtful, and so could you. These were ordinary, uh, the Amharats, they're ordinary people, ordinary people, uh, fishermen and tradesmen and stuff like that. Uh, these were not, uh, none of them was a chokham, none of them was a wise person. All of them were just ordinary. And here was the, the you know, Ben-Arim, the son of God, raised from the dead. How can I serve such a God? Doubt is something that is part of the fabric of the human condition. And for, to have faith is to have faith against the backdrop of that. You say, well, I don't quite understand the issues that are here. Well, in Matthew chapter 14, we see Peter, uh, who the Lord said, uh, you know, Lord was walking on water at the time, uh, something that, of course, uh, for, you know, something we just do, okay. Uh, but... It was an astonishing thing, and so Peter says, if that is you, command me to come out to you. And so, Bo, come, come on out. And so he commands, and so Peter gets out of the boat and, and, and is walking on the water. And then he starts thinking, why? It says in the text that he saw the waves. You have to see what's going on here, because the very issue uh, that the text brings up to us uh, is what Yeshua said. The very same word for doubtful is used also in this text. When he was sinking, he said, Lord, save me. That's always a good prayer. And so the Lord reached out and drew him and said to him, uh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? That's always a good question. Why did you doubt? The original language, of course, speaks about having two stands. There's two facts of information, two pieces of information. Both of them are before you. Which one will you trust in? You see, there was not only Yeshua there on the water. There were waves. Yeshua is there. The waves are there. It would be nice if it was just Yeshua, no waves. But no, there's waves. And so everything that God asks us to do, he asks us to do in the midst of the storm. 
in the midst of life, in the midst of tragedy, in the midst of trials, in the midst of problems we can't get our heads around. All kinds of issues, health issues, relationship issues. In the midst of it all, he asks us to come to him, to trust him, to follow him. But Lord, there are the waves. Well, of course there are the waves. Our testimony to the world is not that we have a wave-free life, but we know someone greater than the waves. We know someone who has conquered the dead. And so death is not even the, the last stop of the train. For those who have faith in Yeshua, as we mature, the fear of death is no longer a sight. We don't make our decisions merely to protect ourselves, but how do we honor his name? And so the issues for our lives are seen as he calls us in the midst of the ways. But, but they were doubtful. And so the question I think that might come up, and reasonably so, is just, you know, uh, what do we do in the storms? How does he help us with our doubts? Most of us in any community, we've learned the lessons. Uh, you know, on Shabbat morning, we come in, and we basically, you know, try to, you know, get through it as is appropriate. But quite honestly, sharing your doubts is not something that is done. People would say, How, you have a doubt about that? You have a doubt about this? You have a doubt to whether God loves you? Well, it's, you know, well, I lost my job, uh, you know? My wife doesn't love me. The dog died. The truck don't work. Uh, and you're saying God loves me? Uh, there's waves. If, if God loves me, why are there waves? Why am I overwhelmed by them? Uh, and so we have doubts. We have concerns. But where in the world can we possibly share them? Well, we really trust uh, that the community would be a safe harbor. Uh, and that's a, always something we're developing towards, uh, that we'd be open with each other without masks uh, and actually be a community. Uh, and, and so in our families, uh, our families should be a safe harbor uh, where we can discuss things and say, you know, I really have a hard time understanding this. I have a hard time getting my head around uh, the fact that, you know, he's God and he's man, and how's that work? I've never seen that. A virgin birth, you just don't see that as often as you'd like. Uh, raised from the dead, hello, you know? And so there's a lot of things that have our faith against the backdrop of doubt, uh, because there's the facts of Scripture, and then there's some things going on around us as well. And so we cannot often feel comfortable raising our doubts or questioning out loud or saying things to other people because how they may think of us, what would they say, or, you know, all of that kind of thing. But Yeshua, on the other hand, wants us to bring our doubts to him. It's quite all right. He sees your heart. He knows the thoughts of your life. Isn't that scary? Every thought in your heart is like loud to him. Now try to, you know, think about things, okay? Yeah. He's in the room of your heart, so you got to be careful here. And so he's aware of your doubts and your fears and your concerns and all of the things that we dare not, uh, you know, the one whose name might not, must, must not be mentioned. We can't talk about our doubts. And so when we consider these kind of things, how does Yeshua deal with our doubts? How does he deal with it? Well, the scripture says <coughs> right afterwards, and Yeshua uh, came up and uh, spoke to them, saying, His word is meant to address our doubts. 
What he has to say to us is not said uh, in a waveless world. It's said, uh, as I grew up saying, in the midst of everything, he speaks to us on the issue of our doubts, our concerns, our fears, our, all our wobegons and whatever else. And so the word of God is given not merely to tell us about God, which is very good, otherwise we'd be guessing forever, uh, but is actually given to minister to our souls, to let us know that God is aware of our lives. The Torah was given not to redeem people, but to a redeemed people. It was a people who would be redeemed, and therefore the Torah was given to show them how God, who redeemed them, would have them walk with him, uh, relate to him. Uh, and so if you're not yet redeemed, the Torah is kind of like uh, a bunch of stuff that, that may not make sense to you, of how to live and what to do, uh, but how we walk with him, and what our lives are meaning, how our lives are meaningful in his sight. And so uh, he spoke to them. Uh, and regarding that matter, he wants to, he's not going to judge you for your doubts. It's hard to understand this, because our fears are that everyone else will, though. Uh, it's all well and good that he's on my side. He happens to be the only one. Thank you very much. And so our concerns are what will people think, people around me, my community, my family, or friends. Yeshua wants to bring healing to your heart, to your doubts to your fears. He's not trying to out you. He's not trying to make you feel bad about yourself. Uh, any judgment uh, that you may fear uh, is something he already took upon himself. Uh, there is therefore no judgment left for you. So when we understand that, we can now allow the Lord to speak to our hearts, knowing we can trust him. He cares about us. He's not going to pick on us. He's not going to make us feel like we're unworthy. No, he knows our state. He knows our condition, and he loves us. He's crazy about us. Uh, and the only way he can fully demonstrate is by his dying in our place, taking our judgment upon himself. And so the word, therefore, is meant to minister to our soul. It is indeed a lamp unto our feet, a light to lighten our paths. But listen, it's only a lamp unto your feet if you follow it. <laughs> it's kind of, you have to try to trust the word and it'll direct you. Uh, otherwise, it's kind of like just words. So we have to remember all of that. Uh, it says uh, amongst our rabbis, I use rabbinical quotations very, quite often. Uh, not because I put authority in the writings of Talmud or Midrash Rabbah or the other writings I may use, uh, but because it shows how Jewish people think about these things. Uh, that what we think as a Messianic Jewish community is not alien to Jewish thought. Uh, this is how Jewish people think about things. And so, as we consider what the rabbis wrote there, it said, Leviticus Rabbah, great is peace, seeing that when the Messianic king is to come, and he's come, uh, he will commence with peace. As it said, how beautiful upon the mountains uh, are the feet of the messenger of good tidings and announced feet. So the very word, the Besarah, the good tidings, uh, the good news, the very word is meant to bring peace and to announce it and even develop it, establish it, seem, 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 establish it in my soul and in my heart, uh, the very peace that the world is desiring. This is what he brings to our soul. 
in the midst of the waves, in the midst of our service, our problems, our troubles. He ministers to our soul. This is what he is about. His great love is seen in such a way. And so we have the prophetic word made very certain, Scripture tells us. We have a certitude. There is things that are sure that we can actually hitch our wagon to that star and have a clear course uh, regardless of how we look at things and get mixed up and confused and whatever else, which is a big part of my life, to tell you the truth, if I might be candid. Uh, but uh, let's understand. What did he say? He said a few things. How does his word deal with, the, with our doubts? He says there, as we read together, uh, he spoke and saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? That side looks more certain about this side. You'll pray for this side, won't you? <laughs> they love you. It's okay. Uh, and so we have his scripture. We have the word. We have what he said. How is that going to help anybody? I got doubts and you got power. Mazel tov. What does that do for me? And so we want to understand that he actually thought this would make a difference in our lives, as opposed to just a pronouncement about himself or what he's got to do in life. And so when we consider the matter, we want to understand the very first thing. As we consider the issue of how he deals with our doubts, how he brings healing to our soul, uh, our, our fears and our phobias and our, all the broken pieces that he makes into masterpieces. What, how does he do that? And so the very first thing we want to understand, we, we are convinced of his lordship. Do you believe? Here's the real question. It's not, did he say? It doesn't mean, does the Bible contain it? But do you believe it? Do you believe that all authority has been given unto him in heaven and on earth? And so we want to understand, you know, well, well hold it a second. You say, I have to, what do you mean by believe? I believe he said it. No, do you count on it? Do you depend on it? Do you rely on it? Uh, is it a truth that is foundational, fundamental to your life? Uh, that he is Lord of all, uh, beginning and the end, the Alpha, the Omega, all the big stuff. He's got the whole dealie. It's all under his control and it's obviously not under mine. Do you believe it is really the question? Because believe has to do not with an intellectual affirmation, but it has to do with reliance dependence, trust, just like you are able to concentrate somewhat or enjoy your little Shabbat snooze, as you will. But in any case, it's because you trust that this pew will hold your weight up. You don't have to think about it. You depend on it without thinking. And so there's some foundational, fundamental things uh, for our lives you have to understand. He says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. When was it given? It was given before the foundations of the earth, uh, we read in Hebrews. Uh, so we want to understand that this was given to him. Uh, 2 Timothy uh, chapter 1 and verse 9 and 10. Uh, but in any case, it was given to him. This was his redemptive work as God come in the flesh. Uh, he was therefore given this responsibility for the purposes of eternity. And so he was given all authority. Uh, how many are willing to give him authority in heaven? Raise your hand. Okay. Uh, this side's not even sure about that. You say, I thought, I, thought, I thought Rabbi Howard was in charge of that. 
No, Yeshua is. No man comes to the Father but by him. Uh, you say, he, and that's all Howard ever teaches anyway. Maybe I'll listen. No, that's okay. You can be in charge of heaven, Lord. How many people believe he's in charge of all things on earth? Raise your hand. Okay, all right. That means we're going to test that assumption. You say, well, what do you mean? Because we said belief is relying upon, depending upon, trusting in, acting upon, yeah, that kind of stuff. Uh, faith without works is? You see? There you go. And so we want to understand this whole matter for our lives. And so when we think about this issue, uh, you know, uh, he has all authority as was promised. He is the fulfillment of the promises uh, for Ben David, uh, the son of David. Uh, he has all authority over the nations. Uh, and so we read in the Talmud as well, uh, the Holy One, blessed be he, will say to Messiah, the son of David, ask me anything, I'll give it to you. As it says, I'll tell the decree that's there begotten thee, I'll give the nations as I inherit. So the very fact that we see Yeshua in this light is not a non-Jewish idea. No, this is, we just happen to think he's the dude. He's the Messiah. He's, the, he, he's Mashiach ben David. He's Messiah, son of David. And so, but this is the way we understand life, how we understand the very things of Scripture, that he has the authority. All authority has been given unto him, heaven and earth. He is the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. He is the one who's got the whole deal. All authority will be on his shoulder. He will shoulder all authority. He will shoulder the authority in your life too. And so we want to understand the fact that he has the authority the very issues of life, but do you trust in him to have it? And so how much does he have? He has all authority. He has it where? He has heaven and earth. He got the whole deal. And so as we consider that matter, we want to think about these things. If he has all authority in life, does he have all authority over your relationships? Uh, all authority about how you treat your spouse. All authority in how you will raise your children or all authority in how you will uh, think of your parents. Uh, where I, have, I have a lot of talits at home. I was wearing this one because my father's. He's passed on, and therefore for blessed memory. Uh, so it's one way. Uh, so if someone said, do you honor your father or mother? I, I can say, yeah, I do, not as well as I should. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm working at it, you know? Uh, so why? Because how I think of my parents in my heart how I think about my wife in my heart. Uh, these are things God is aware of. I don't have to say it out loud. And so the issues of our time, our talent, our treasure, how we invest our money, what we do with our time, uh, our disposable income, if you have any left, uh, or our disposable time, I can't imagine that at all. Uh, and so all of that. And so we want to you know, bless his name. And not only uh, may, may the words of my mouth, but may the meditations of my heart be pleasing unto you. You see, it's a heart thing. It's got to be a heart thing. And so the issue of whether he has all authority, whether you recognize that is true or just something, a shibboleth that we say to get through the door. You know, Joe sent me kind of thing. You know, that people say, you're one of us. Okay, you, can, you got the whole thing going. Good. No. But it's a, it's a personal thing. The issue of our doubts is very personal. This is where we need to come together as a community, as a people, uh, as a testimony, uh, that he has all authority. Why? Because that's when the victory is enjoyed. The areas where he does not have authority, those are the areas of doubt. 
the areas that we have not yet been able to entrust to him uh, or fully entrust him. Those are the areas we have questions about. How am I going to deal with this? How will I deal with this person? How will I respond to this situation? Uh, my advice, people come to me advice. Uh, I'm not very good at it, but I don't charge much either. So you get what you pay for, you know? And so people say, well, what, what should I do about this situation? Pray. I should pray about the situation? Yes. Why? Because God alone knows what to do about that situation. I certainly don't. So pray. Follow what the scripture says. What do you mean? This person says something nasty to me. You mean he's the only one who said it out loud? Oh, yeah. Okay, that's what you mean. Got it. Got it. Okay. That's, uh, okay. Yeah. What do I do? Someone said something nasty to me out loud. Okay. Uh, forgive them. No! Why? Because they said something nasty to me. Out loud. Okay, well, what, does, what do you think God would want you to do? That's what I'm asking you. Okay, forgive him. Uh, bless those who curse you. Pray for those who despitefully use you. That's pretty idealistic. Now, that's the only game plan we got for interpersonal relationships. Because we're dealing with a bunch of people going to chafe me, disappoint me, hurt my feelings, or all together at the same time. Uh, and so that's a, there's waves. And we are going to respond to the circumstances, the individuals, uh, the relationships, the problems, the trials, not because we're figuring how to get rid of waves. We've been called to be a light in the darkness to show that he is the one who's the foundation for our life in the midst of waves, in the midst of the fact that our kids don't remember birthdays, uh, how many of you have had daughters? Any of you have daughters? May your, your, your blessed people. I have sons. I have to call them up and remind them of Mother's Day. I have to call them up. I have to remind them, yes, it's my birthday. I wanted to wish me a happy birthday. Back at you. I mean, the guys, the dudes, you know, this is how they see life. And I have to, okay, you're good. Uh, but we want to understand that this is the world we live in. And the whole foundational issue is, is he Lord of all? Those areas where he's not are the areas where doubt creeps in, where fears creep in, where all kinds of ugly thoughts, you know, vanity things or coveting things, how am I going to handle it, or a lie, with cheating or something. That creeps in there because at that point of the situation, you're saying, no, nah, I'll talk to you. I'll, I'll, it's easier to get forgiveness than permission. So I'll get back to you after I have to do the deed, you know. And so we want to understand that we just reinforce our problems accordingly. Uh, World War II, it was on a, always on a tipping point there. Almost went to the Nazis many times. Uh, North Africa was, uh, British were trying to hold North Africa. The, the Nazis had this Panzer Corps and this whole thing and tanks and crazy stuff. And the Brits were just like in confusion. Uh, they were the leadership were arguing about everything, all kinds. They couldn't make it. They couldn't get together on a decision. And so they sent down Field Marshal Montgomery to take charge of the British forces. And he got down there, evaluated the situation, sent out one memo. Uh, they didn't have email. They had memos uh, and said they didn't tweet. No, no memos. And said from now on, orders will be followed, not argued over. Turned the war around, brought them together. This one thing I do, that 
Therefore, the very word that God has given us is what we do. This is what turns the, in the spiritual warfare that we are engaged in. This is what brings the victory. The fact that his word is true and all else is untrue if it disagrees with it. Whether it's my ideas or your ideas or whoever else. Uh, victory is a result of what his word when first brought in. So what's the result of, of the lordship? Uh, what comes of it? You say, well, what do you mean? Uh, how many now understand and are convinced of his lordship? Raise your hand. Okay, we're going to test that assumption right quick. You say, well, what do you mean? Well, things are testable. You can kind of test things. He said there, uh, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Everyone. You say, okay, what's your point? See the word therefore? you got to see what it's there for. Uh, it therefore brings you back to the previous. In light of the fact I have all authority, thou go. Oh, you mean like real authority. I was just going to sort of make a prayer or something. You know, I was going to speak kindly of you. you know? No, 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 no. It has to do with now if you actually are convinced, if you are convinced that he has all authority, now he's going to ask you to act upon that. That's what, it, that's what we deal with. We act upon the very truth of who he is as opposed to the very fallacy of our feelings that may be just confusing us and not giving us a true course in life. And so because we are convinced of his lordship, because we're convinced of his lordship, Therefore, and to that degree, we are committed to his discipleship. We are convinced of his lordship, and therefore, to that degree, committed to his discipleship, and we cannot be any more committed to discipleship than we are convinced of his lordship, because the very areas where he is lord are the areas we have to follow his word, implement, put it into practice. And so we want to understand how that relationship works. There's a number of things we'll look at here. There's four Talmudic commitments we'll look at briefly. But we have to ask a question that comes up, you know, on this matter. Uh, first thing we want to consider, uh, go therefore. Go therefore. Uh, you say, well, what's that mean? It's kind of a participle thingy uh, in that it says more like, as you're going, or wherever you go, wherever you go, you're going there on purpose. No, I, I'm kind of lost. I had to ask for direction. You were lost. God's not lost. And therefore, you're there on his purpose. Well, I'm just going to go to school. Yeah, I know. That's the occasion. That's not the cause. The occasion is the job you got to do. The occasion has to do with the school you have to attend or stop attending, so to speak. But in any case, that's the occasion. The cause is that you live for him that you're actually being sent on a mission. Uh, and therefore, you want to understand the very issues of making uh, Talmudim. Uh, and so the first thing, of course, is that wherever you go. So I want you to think about this with me for a second. Are there areas that you go, whether it be work, whether it be school, whether it be uh, at home, whether it be uh, uh, a Friday night, some places you go where you're not living for him? Think about it. Write it down. I don't want to know about it. I want you to pray about it. I want you to pray because those areas, he is Lord. 
and therefore, wherever you are, uh, you want to understand I'm here on a purpose. I'm here to share his love, his life, his, his kindness. I'm here to respond to whatever the situation is in a way that brings him honor. I'm here to plant seeds, uh, to share good news, uh, to be a caring person in an uncaring world. I'm here to, to actually think that he's with me always and never leave me. He's with me. And so as we consider the issue, the second thing we want to consider, uh, and therefore the issue of uh, Talmudut, the, the next commitment we have to make, the first one is that we have a purpose-oriented life in him. If we're convinced of his lordship, we're committed to his discipleship, and so we want to understand our life is about others. You say, well, hold a second. I got needs. I got feelings. I got real stuff here. Yeah, you're maturing into the truth that you are complete in him. The fact of the matter is you already got the stuff you need. You may not know how to access it, you may not understand how the scriptures apply in your situations. You may not know exactly what to do and how to address things well. Okay, that's fair enough. But the fact of the matter is, you're complete in him. You say, when did that happen? The moment you came to personal faith in Yeshua. Uh, at that point, the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, took you up on it, came into your life, the love of God poured out into your heart, all the blessings of heaven in the heavenlies, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. You got the stuff, but you may not be trusting him in those situations, in those circumstances, in those relationships. You may think, no, 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 uh, listen, just understand, I, I have to live in the real world, Sam. I know what I got to do at work. Don't expect me to have to go by the book. Because I just, you know, I, I, I had a, a one of the congregations I planted. Uh, the Lord blessed us. We had five Jewish used car salesmen come to faith. <laughs> Discipling them. We can't sell the undercoating? Not if they don't need it. One guy was a sales manager of a Buick place. I said, going over things, I said, how, how, how's it going, you know? He said, that's oh, fine. It gets near the end of the month, though. It's a little tense. I said, what do you mean it gets near the end of the month? Well, we have a quota. I said, well, what do you do? What, what happened? Well, I just have to whip them harder. I said, how does that look? What's that mean? And so I have to yell at them, to scream at them, use every nasty thing, whatever it takes to get those people to fear. Fear me more than fear those people coming in for a car. They've got to. I said, okay, we're going to have to talk about this. You have to know there's a difference between the word fierce and firm. You can be firm with having to be fierce. He didn't know there was a distinction. He had to understand that, no, you're God's servant in the midst of your job. Uh, you're not allowed to have two value systems. There's only one value system. Uh, better be at home or here. Another occasion I was here, I taught on 1 Timothy chapter uh, 3, verse 5, for if a man doesn't know how to manage his own home, how will he care for uh, the congregation of God. It's only one value system in all places. And therefore, we have to be discipled, taught on these matters. Wherever we go, we have to understand the issues. Uh, we're here to make disciples, to make impact, to make a difference in people's lives. And so, when we consider that issue, we want to remember that we also have a Yeshua-oriented life. Now, some of us might understand that it starts uh, with immersion, uh, Tavila. Uh, but that doesn't end there. 
Uh, but we want to understand the importance of what we're saying. And the scripture says uh, that there's only one God. We, of course, uh, affirm that. We believe that. New Covenant teaches it. And that's why it says they're immersing them in the name of this one, one name, but he has this mysterious nature. But it's only one, it's only one God. So we want to understand it's only one God. But the very mysterious nature is something for us to understand as, as followers. You say, what were you talking about? Uh, we want to understand our public proclamation uh, to the world is to tell the world, you know, Shema Yisrael, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad, there's only one God. That's the public proclamation when you read the New Covenant. Uh, that was the public proclamations of Yeshua and all the Talmudim, uh, all his, uh, you know, uh, all the leaders, apostles, whatever. Uh, they all, that was the, that's always the public proclamation, because who could get their head around the mystery nature of God? It's just like bigger than the both of us, Alice, you know? And then we want, so yeah, so uh, we proclaim his unity, and then uh, for salvation, we have to believe in the deity of the Lord. Uh, you have to confess with your mouth, Yeshua hu Adon, uh, Yeshua is Lord. Uh, and so his deity for salvation. Uh, and so then we understand the triunity of God for discipleship. Go make disciples and teaching them. So we have to understand the issue of this mystery nature because in it we see how we grow because we're created in his image. And we have to understand that it impacts our life about who we are as people. But it's something hard to get your head around. We accept the scripture by faith. It's not always reasonable. I'm sure some of the portions in Viikra that we read this morning about, okay, if a priest's daughter uh, plays harlotry, uh, refrains herself and her father, burn her alive. Well, okay then, we're going to burn her. Well, that's clear. Yeah! You know, uh, that's going to be a, a, a deal breaker for a lot of people, just to tell you right now. You say, well, what do you mean? Well, we want to understand uh, the very issues that you have to believe God and trust God. You don't base whether I can trust him on how reasonable is his scripture. You start, it was given to a redeemed people, not to redeem people. It was given to a people who trust him and therefore are willing to think more deeply about these issues, uh, to understand what the scriptures are about. And so as we consider the matter, we have to see the trust involved that we understand the game plan. The fact that, you know, a uh, 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 Father, Son, Holy Spirit, what, what's up with that? You know, come let us make man in our image going to our life. What's up with that? Well, the very heart of God is love, relationship. I was talking to a, a, an Orthodox Jewish man. Uh, I grew up Orthodox. I was talking to him, and he said, I can never believe in the eternal Son of God. Whatever else you may be sure, I can never believe in that. I said, well, uh, do you believe that he is, uh, uh, you know, uh, that he's eternal father, as Torah says, as scripture says? He said, well, of course I believe he's eternal father. I said, well, duh, eternal father has to have an eternal son. Uh, he said, you don't understand that that way. That's interesting. Point being, relationship is essential to the nature of God. That's why he created us male and female. We only grow in godliness through relationship. And by this, all people will know we're his Talmudim if we have love one for another. It reveals the very heart of God. And so this is a discipleship issue. The nature of God is for disciples to, to kind of uh, think through and understand as they grow uh, as his Talmudim. And so uh, we have a Yeshua-oriented uh, life. 
Uh, and then finally, uh, finally is usually an encouraging word to most people when I'm teaching, by the way. But don't worry, there's always more to be said. Uh, so when we, when we look at, uh, what else are we going to look at there? And so discipleship is scripture-oriented. You say, what do you mean scripture? It says here, uh, teaching them to observe all that I command you. Uh, observe. Well, that's what I do. I see Howard up in the front uh, doing stuff, talking about stuff, stuff, all kinds of stuff, and I'm observing him. No, it's more like being an observant Jew, as we would say. Uh, in other words, you're heeding the word in the original to heed, to obey. You say, what? The Lord of grace has taught me to obey? Well, yeah, because faith shows itself in responding to the truth of his word. Otherwise, you're just playing games with religion. So we want, no. How do we evaluate a teaching ministry? The teaching ministry is, is based upon uh, not do they walk out and say, that was a very nice drash uh, uh, you gave today. That was a lovely uh, insight you had, a little, little nugget that I was able to take home with me. No, it's that they obey it, they put it into practice. That's how we evaluate the teaching ministry, whether people are doing something with it or not. Uh, otherwise, it's just a lot of people getting around, uh, feeling good about themselves, and, you know, we're good to go. So we want to understand uh, what, what the Lord is telling us about being uh, his Talmudim uh, and what it means to have him as Lord. If, you're, if he's your Lord, if you're convinced of his Lordship, you are committed to his discipleship. And to the degree you're convinced of his Lordship, to that degree and no more than that, are you committed to his discipleship. And the difference in there is where doubt and fears and all the other traumas of life bring, it, bring in their ugly heads to, make, to mess up your day and stumble you and distract you and just get you off your game completely. So you want to understand those areas. That he has to be Lord of all, he doesn't negotiate on the matter. Uh, either he's Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. You've got to make a choice. You say, well, I just pick and choose. Who put you in charge of that? Well, I, I, I have a hard time with that. Well, welcome to the club. That's why we pray and ask the Lord. We have grace and mercy and grow in it. You're not going to grow in anything you're not committed to. You're not going to grow or mature in any aspect of spiritual living you are not committed to. You say, but then I'll feel bad because I won't be able to do it right. Well, okay. Uh, your feeling bad is your perfectionistic tendencies, perhaps. Uh, but really, that's how we press to the mark and why you find His grace is sufficient and we continue growing and going and glowing in the Lord. Why? Because His word is true. Nothing else will matter other than that. His word is the plumb line by which we're able to know right and wrong, good and evil. If they do not speak according to this word, they have no light in them. Isaiah chapter 8, verse 20. Uh, your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. Uh, Psalm 119, verse 11. So the word of God is what either that word will keep you from sin or sin will keep you from his word, but it's not going to work both ways. Choose ye this day. Because that's what we mean when we talk about commitment to his discipleship. We make decisions. We make choices. There's never a more convenient time. It's in the midst of the waves that he is Lord. It's in the midst of the troubles and the trials that we 
have trust in him and faith in him and believe that God's way works. And therefore, I'm a testimony to the glory of his name. Praise to his glory. May his name be blessed forever. As he said, if you love me, obey my commandments. If you love him. It's kind of a test. Do I love you? Do I not love you? You know? So you have to understand what we're being spurred on to do as ordinary people with doubts and fears, not judged by God for having them, but not left in the misery of our difficulties either. But he ministers to the hearts of those who will hear what he has to say and trust him. Finally, this is really a finally. We actually rejoice in his discipleship. Uh, you say, so far, no. Uh, every finally makes me a little happier, but not yet. So, okay. Uh, no, we rejoice in that. You say, well, how would I ever find joy in this stuff? Yeah, joy is one of the fruits of the Spirit. It's a consequence, a result of the Spirit. Fruit is a result. The root of the Spirit looking unto Yeshua as we run the race set before us. The root of the Spirit abiding in Him. The root of the Spirit depending upon Him. Trusting in Yeshua. Believing He's right. Uh, that He is Lord of all. The fruit of that joy and peace and love and all the good stuff. It's a result. It's a consequence of faith. How do we rejoice in these things? He says here, uh, and behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. See the word and? I underlined it so you should all see it. You say, what's your point? It connects it. They're all connected together. What do you mean? Well, it's all connected together. There's one thought here. One leads to the other. And so when you're feeling lonely, you're feeling God forsook you and all those kinds, he doesn't forsake you. You may forsake him. He's good to go. He's on his game all the time, loves you like crazy, more than you ever could love yourself. You, don't, you wouldn't even know what that means in light of his love for you. And so, uh, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And so finally, uh, not only are we convinced of his lordship, if that be so, then we're committed to his discipleship. And if we're committed to his discipleship, then the and, the partner, the connective here, uh, we are actually uh, completed in his fellowship. Uh, don't leave home without him. You say, I don't know what you're talking about. You may be fearful right now of where you're, you know, where, if I just open my life to God, he might send me someplace, like New York City. Oh, or whatever. You never know. He's like that. Uh, don't worry. He'll be with you until the end of the age. He'll be with you to the end of the age. He loves you. He wants to be with you. He cares about you. In the midst of the waves, he is with you. In the midst of the tsuras, the trials, the difficulties, the things that are just driving you crazy, he is with you. He'll never leave you. This is why how we praise God for Emmanuel, God with us. He'll never leave us, never forsake us. Uh, we want to understand his love for us. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. you believe that? We could be confident, not because the waves are smaller than us, because we have a God bigger than the problems, because God is greater than all. Therefore, we have confidence in who he is and how we can live a life that God is, knows what he's doing even when I don't know what I'm doing. And so, as Emmanuel, we praise his name 
He wants to personally, you know, he says, I am with you. There's no doctrine who is with you. You say, well, Sam, you're known for having uh, sound teaching type of thing. I know, but that only articulates my faith in him. It's not the doctrine that can help me. Doctrine can't save me. It's Yeshua. It's Yeshua. It reminds me who he is and articulates more accurately who he is. That's what's important. So we want to understand, no. He is with you. It's a personal thing. He is there with you. When, you're, when, you, when someone dumps you, when someone betrays you, when someone doesn't live up to what they said, who disappoints you, who irritates you, he is with you there uh, in all those circumstances and trials. And so he is the one who's going to bring the encouragement and the confidence to your soul, therefore. Confidence is not because you're bigger than the problem. Believe me, God has set this up to have a Goliath bigger than you. His job is not to make you feel good about yourself. You say, oh, that's not nice. No, 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 no. He set this up with a lot of potholes on the highway of holiness, with all kinds of issues, to show his grace is sufficient, that he is enough for you, Dayenu, that he is enough for you. Your whole life is to show he's enough, that God be glorified accordingly. And so, uh, here in the States, I like my country. I'm always glad to come back to it. I travel a lot. You say, why do you travel so much? Hard to hit a moving target. <laughs> but I love coming back, uh, sleep in my own bed. It's like a really cool thing. Love it. Um, but let's understand. Uh, mailmen in this country, they do, how many people get the mail delivered right to their home? Cool. Uh, well, there was... This guy was doing that, but he was smiling and whistling. And when you see, I was told when you see ma by a mailman, when you see a mailman smiling and whistling, be careful. I don't know why. But he was smiling and whistling. Very happy guy delivering there. And, and so someone said to him, what are you smiling about? What are you whistling about? And he, he looked at the guy and said, well, you, you see this little postal card? Yeah. Until I delivered this postal card the whole government of the United States got my back. And so we want to understand, how can I not be confident? See, the very one who says, go, go, make Talmudin, make disciples of all nations, says to us, and I'll be with you always. How can we not be confident? How can we not give him honor and praise and glorify his name? Because he loves us with an everlasting love. Let's pray and give him thanks right now. As we consider the very issues of our soul, I'd like you to just take a moment, uh, thank you for bearing with me through this, but take a moment, if you will, maybe there's some area there that, uh, that the Lord himself, uh, his spirit, may have touched your heart or revealed something or brought something to the surface. And please don't feel guilt. No, you have no reason to feel guilt. Bring it to the Lord. If you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And what he forgives, he forgets. And so bring your heart to God. Let's close our eyes in prayer. Uh, we do that just to concentrate. I trust you'll open your heart. And so if you're here, just take a moment of prayer with me, if you will, and uh, bring to the Lord anything that may have been uh, revealed or brought to the surface uh, that you need to bring over to him, uh, areas that he may not be a Lord of in your life. Uh, and so bring that to him. Relationships, financial issues, health issues, uh, all kinds of issues that uh, you have yet uh, to yield to him. 
uh, and trust him in light of what he has to say on it, just bring it to him. He hears your heart. He hears your heart. I'm going to close in prayer right now. If there's an area of your life that you're praying about, I just want to close in prayer for you. And so all the hearts about every all the eyes closed. If you're here, you're saying, "Yeah, I, I need I need to make him uh, you know, Lord of my life. I need to make him my Messiah. I need to have him as Lord of my, to try. I place my trust in his death for my sins." And so, so if you're here right now and that's your need, uh, would you just everyone eyes closed? Just raise your hand where you are. I just want to pray for you as I close in prayer. Right where you are, if that's your need. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Great. Yeah. You're here as well, and you're saying there's areas that have stumbled me and habits and things that I've yet to yield to him. Uh, if that's your need, right where you are, I just want to close in prayer for you as well. Just raise your hand for that. Just note that, if you will. Yep, sure. Yeah, of course. Avina, you see hands, you see hearts, you love us, you love us. Oh, thank you, Lord. You love us, and you care about us, and you, you're, in all of our afflictions, you are afflicted. Oh, thank you, Lord. And so even now, I pray that your tender mercies would be uh, applied to the hurts, the wounds of our life, uh, that we might find healing, uh, that our doubts may find a place to rest uh, in your sure word, in your love for us. And so we ask even now that you'll bring through Ruach, through the Holy Spirit, uh, bring to our own souls a sense of truth, of your love, and the fullness of our salvation. For those who've placed their faith in you, even perhaps for the first time this morning, help them to grow in the grace and knowledge. For those of us who continue to grow and stumble along at your blessing, that as a community, we might have a safe harbor of love for one another and kindness. May Yeshua be exalted. May his name be blessed. For we pray, B'Shem Yeshua HaMashiach HaNinu. name Yeshua the Messiah, our Lord. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, there's a place on the envelope uh, for our new our schmooze letter. Just, there's a place to check that off. We want to keep you in prayer. Uh, and please let uh, your rabbi know and the other elders know what God's doing in your life. They want to help you grow in the Lord as well. God bless you. Shalom.